When the Jin King Melik Amar wakes up after millennia of imprisoned slumber, the world is vastly different from what he remembers. Arrogant and bombastic, he comes down the mountain expecting an easy conquest, the wealthy, spectacular city-state of Kathmandu, ruled by the all-knowing, all-seeing tyrant AI Karma. To his surprise, he finds that Kathmandu is a cut-price paradise where citizens want for nothing and even the dregs of society are distinctly unwilling to revolt. Everyone seems happy, except for the old Gurkha soldier Bon Gurung. Welcome to Treat Your Shelf, a book club podcast where each month we read a book and come together to discuss it. I'm Hannah. And I'm Christina. And this month we read The Gurkha and the Lord of Tuesday by Saad Z. Hossein. Ooh. And what a read it was. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Christina, tell me all about it. Non-spoiler review. What did you think of this 160-some page book? Okay, one, the length was just right. (laughs) It was perfect. (laughs) It was such a quick read. I really liked it. I, as everyone knows, uh, don't read the summaries or anything. Mm. So I knew there was a gin in it, and that was about it. Yeah. I really liked it. It was, like, super unexpected. I just didn't think he was going to be in this, like, super like high-tech future world which was like kind of cool to see like the melding of gin magic and technological feats or whatever yes i really loved that i loved i loved the idea ah okay i don't know if this should go in the spoiler or not spoiler i'll save it for the spoiler Okay. okay anyways i really enjoyed it i actually didn't think that the djinns really were the main characters at all. Right! Um, Yeah, which was kind of interesting. Yeah, I was expecting it to really be like, focused on this djinn that we watch wake up and everything. Which also was like, kind of a gruesome scene. Ooh, yes. (laughs) The opening scene was really, I mean, it, it got me right away. I was like, oh, this is good. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I really loved it, and I will definitely recommend people read this. It's such a lovely short read. Yes. How about you, Hannah? Yeah. This was your pick. It was my pick. It did. It also really surprised me that I was reading the back cover uh, to try and figure Mm -hmm. out what to say at the beginning of the podcast, and I realized the second paragraph of the description, which I didn't read, I think is Mm -hmm. really spoilery. And, and gives away so many of the beats and the plot points that I really liked discovering yeah. in the story. So I would say that if you are interested in reading this book, just stick to that description from the beginning of the podcast. Just go in knowing, again, that there's a djinn and a Gurkha and the djinn wants to try and conquer Kathmandu and just kind of go in with just that basic knowledge. Because I think it's just so fun discovering what this book is about. And not not reading that in the description. I think going in with as little knowledge as possible really made it fun. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, I just I I never knew where it was going. I I didn't know uh, what the characters were going to be like. And except for, you know, you you have that description of the djinn as being very arrogant. And you do see that like right away. Um, Yeah. But but then with like uh, 
Gurung, I mean, his character was so surprising, and yeah, I loved everything about him. Like, every single thing. <laughs> I don't care. Every single discovery, I, I loved. I loved everything about oh, him. Oh, my gosh. I, <laughs> just this old man. I, I loved him. I loved him so much. Um, you know what? This makes me more confident because I chose a Hannah quote, <gasps> and it involves him. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Oh, I cannot wait. <laughs> we'll okay. save it for later. We'll save it for later. Um, but that's also, I mean, for it being such a short book, I wasn't expecting all of the character growth that we had. I mm-hmm. feel like almost every single character, I think every single character had an arc and growth in this story. Yeah. Which was so good. Like, who mm-hmm. knew I was going to care about Hamilcar? I didn't. I didn't think I was going to care about him at all. <laughs> me neither. Me neither. I did not want to care about him at first. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh my I just, gosh. Uh, it's, it's funny. And then there's a mystery plot that I wasn't expecting. Yes. I I know. I was like, is this like a whodunit? <laughs> yeah. I, oh, and just how you're getting the information for the mystery. Like, I just truly never knew where this was going. The The karma system was so fascinating yeah. to see how this city works on this points system that's just, uh, that's mm-hmm. made by this algorithm and this AI. And I just, it was funny. There were so many laugh out loud moments. Yes. I, uh, Melek was just hilarious the whole way through. <laughs> I just... Mm-hmm. like darkly funny it's, it's, oh for sure <laughs> but and yeah i just oh action sequences like the whole end action sequence was yes. fantastic it it reminded me of how much i loved the plotters and the climactic action sequence right. in that book and and the description yes. of that and i felt like this was very similar where i just every beat and every moment like i could I could pretty much picture what was happening. I could, I could really follow along with with, with what was right. happening. Um, also, yes. kind of video game like, where it's like clearing the levels. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my god! I mean, it, they literally. This isn't totally a spoiler, but they literally are like going up a tower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, so so yeah, I just I loved it. I loved it so much. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I mean, it it really was great. I think we should get into our spoiler discussion. <laughs> I, I think so. Uh, so if you uh, have not read The Gurkha and the Lord of Tuesday and you do not want to be spoiled, now is your time to pause the podcast. Go read the book. It's short, 160 pages-ish. You'll finish that quickly. Come back, listen to the episode. Or if you don't care about being spoiled or you don't really want to read the book, then just please continue to listen. Yes. Yeah. Um, well... I mean, I feel like these types of books are so hard to come across where it's so full, it's so short, like, and it's a fast read, like, it's not hard to get through at all. Yeah. Yeah, so the world that they built is, like, post-apocalyptic. There's yes. things in the air that can harm you, and they created nanotechnology that mm-hmm. can basically consume the bad toxins in the air. Mm-hmm. That, that, like, the people themselves are producing and, like, putting yes. out the nanotechnology into the air. And so you need to have that perfect balance of population to, like, pollution ratio so that they can fend off the... Yeah, which is really complex yes. and, like, hard to kind of wrap your mind around. But it's something that, like, 
I, they really delved into it, I think, later in the novel. Mm-hmm. But it was such an interesting component. I like so cool because it created this whole like economic system. And of course, the bad people took advantage of it. Right. They start selling humans as commodities to try and rehab these towns that are like on the mm-hmm. edge of society. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it creates this like whole case system. And it's like, really neat i mean again this is all built in 160 pages right i mean that reveal of because you have the mystery of garung and why he massacred like he's a mass murderer he he killed Mm -hmm. like over 20 some people in in this like compound that he had raided to try and get at this one specific like businessman uh dude Mm -hmm. And and you find out that it is because of this selling of people um, mm-hmm. and, and that his family was directly impacted by that and that they were sold away and, and likely dead. And and I just that reveal was just so good. I, I didn't see yeah. that coming at all, especially because you have. I don't know. Karma as a system is supposed to be this like nonjudgmental system mm-hmm. and. It seems like it's not something that can be taken advantage of at first because, I mean, even if you're at zero points, even if you're not able to uh, provide anything that will gain you these karma points, you're mm-hmm. still provided everything you need to survive. Right, right. But then it's also you start to realize when uh, Garung and and, um, and Melek and they are, you know their big plan to get as many karma points as they can is by selling drugs and wishes. And (laughs) so then they're like the drugs. It's like, wait, but that's, that's not illegal. That's fine. And it's like, yeah, I mean, but it makes somebody happy. Yeah, exactly. It's like karma. That's basically the qualification. Yeah. It was, it was just so fascinating that karma as a system, it's working you know, not really on any kind of morality or anything. It really is just this algorithm that, what was the quote? The quotation was, karma isn't aware. She doesn't have a moral precept. Ultimately, that value is determined by what people want. So so the whole system is just, what does karma see that people want? And then Mm -hmm. karma places value on those things. And it's, it's so fascinating. Also, it's really funny because, it wasn't until after I finished the book that I realized this is similar to A Prayer for the Crown Shy, the second book in the Becky Chambers duology, okay. um, where they have a points system. Instead of currency, okay. they they trade points, basically, where mm-hmm. you've, you've got Moscap is going around and learning, like, oh, if I do this for somebody, they'll give me 10 points, and then yeah. I can give them five points for something. It's just like this trade of, yeah. of points, but it's a very similar system where even if you have zero points, everybody's going to help you out. You, you're not going to want for anything. Right. So yeah, it was just interesting. It's funny that you compared it to that book because I thought that this was kind of the other side of the coin to tenders of flesh Ooh. because they can't eat animal meat anymore. Like their world is poison, mm-hmm. but it's like they relied on technology instead of barbarism and butchery. Ooh. And, you know, so it's like these people took the high road, but there are still consequences yeah. to the high road. Yeah. 
Oh, that is, that is a good point. Yeah. There was like the whole part of the novel where the sheriff, mm-hmm. um, Hamilcar, Hamilcar, <laughs> Hamilcar, um, <laughs> takes it. Does he take the colonel down to that? Oh, to stake out like a restaurant that serves like animal meat. Yes. And she's like, it's so unclean. I can't believe you guys are touching meat and like, oh, like all this stuff. Because I guess they eat nanotechnology food. I don't know. (laughs) Unclear. (laughs) Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's so interesting because, I mean, throughout the book, as you're introduced to karma and the point system, again, it seems like it's a good thing. It's it's just what do people Mm -hmm. want? What do people need? And it's like, can people really take advantage of it? But of course, we've already talked about how like they did take advantage of it, and they they took advantage yeah. of it before it even came into existence. Where mm-hmm. um, you find out that the big villain and the selling of the people was occurring before karma had fully like announced itself. It's karma is still a very interesting thing because it's not very clear. I don't think where karma came from. Yeah, she talks about her, like, hard drive or something at some point, her main brain. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, maybe she's in, like, a secure bunker somewhere. But still, like, like um, who created her? Where did she come from? Yes. And That's just... a great question. Like, who created Karma? Yeah. Well, because, again, like, the villain at the end is is blaming the selling of the people on Karma. Like, Karma told me to to do it, so I did. Yeah, and Karma is like, well, I told him to, but I didn't tell him to. I just said there were too many people on Earth right. or whatever and gave him the raw numbers, which, yes, I can kind of see that being a thing. But also, like, you knew, you told him specifically because you knew how he specifically would handle it. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yes. So, basically, this is a revenge story. For yes. Bon Garong. Garong, yeah. And I I wasn't expecting that. Because I feel <laughs> well, like. Do you mention his kukri, like, right at the beginning of the book when they first okay. meet him? Like, hmm. Yes. I don't know. But in my head, I was just like, here's Garong. He's met this djinn. He's just saying things to, like, placate the djinn. But I realized later, like, no. He wasn't ever saying anything to placate the djinn. He was, in fact, like, egging the djinn on. Yeah. <laughs> and it becomes very clear throughout the book, especially as Melek is becoming clear, uh, becoming aware yeah, yeah. of it. And it's like, wait, no, Garung is really, like, is really intense. Exactly. He's like, he's making me do all these, like, weird things. Yes. <laughs> he only sends me the bad wishes. I wish he would send me the yeah. good wishes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah I feel like Grong too like I was kind of suspicious of him from the beginning just because he had taken out his like built-in software so they have like Mm. I think it's EMDs or um and then this other like jellyfish like system that I think is just lodged like in their backbone or something and it like helps heal them of like certain ailments and so everyone has a naturally long lives and he took both of them out Mm -hmm. and is still able to survive with like all of the pollution in the air and all this that's suspicious 
But also Karma was treating them really suspiciously for not having the gear. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just really... Like, you know that Gurung had been cast out for some reason. He he makes that pretty clear at the beginning and again with him having taken out all of that gear. That's clear. But I don't know. I still... I, I was surprised when it went from, oh, here's just this old man who's trying to placate this djinn to, oh, no, wait, this is this old man who has killed a bunch of people and is very dangerous and, <laughs> yes. and, and very and much so fast yeah and very much wants to take down this whole whole society <laughs> like he's yeah he's done oh my gosh yeah it was i so i i don't know if they ever say how old he is but um i was picturing in my mind the old like hermit dude from Aladdin you know with like the big <laughs> beard and he's kind of like and he's like he looks like he's really old and incapacitated right. but then he's like super fast and has this really sharp knife yes <laughs> yeah I mean that's the whole action scenes I mean the whole action scene was so his the boss fight he was so cool so cool oh my gosh like I could picture it in my mind like I feel like a lot of fight scenes, how they're written, it's like, mm. sometimes I get lost. Oh, for sure. Like, I have no clue what's going on. Like, I can't picture this in my mind at all. Yeah. But this was like watching it on the screen. It was so clear. Yeah. So cool. Like, it was awesome. Oh, it was so good. Very well done. It was so good. What did you think of the ending? Oh, I, I really liked it. I really, really liked it because, I mean, they they end up having this, like, death match against Karma's, mm-hmm. like, champion. And yes. Gurong is so cool, so of course he wins. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so then they're they're given these, like, boons from Karma. They're able to, to yeah. get these these wishes. And, and Gurong is really sweet because he's, he's seen what Hamilcar has been doing throughout because he's had a couple of instances of meeting up with him. And again, did not know I was going to care about Hamilcar at all. You meet him at first and he just yeah. seems to be this person who, you know, he's the sheriff of karma. Like, he's clearly yeah. on karma's side. But then he's the one who spends, like, the whole time investigating, like, why is it that Gurung doesn't exist in the records and why don't we know more about what happened with him and why was he um, scheduled to be executed for some crime on karma day one but then wasn't and and then you just get to the yeah. end and Gurung is just like no this man needs to continue to be your um Fail your safe. sheriff uh because because yeah. he has proven himself to be like one of the only people in this city that is willing to go against karma and mm-hmm. and make sure that things are continuing to operate correctly and and fairly right. and and i think oh. like one important thing to mention too is like like he is doing this for free like just for fun yeah. like he just feels like it's his duty for some reason like he's not doing it for the karmic points he's not doing it for the recognition um he's doing it because he feels like karma needs a conscience yeah and which is like like he's feeling this need that like no one else really thought there was and so he does get made fun of a lot yeah you know but 
I mean, he ends up saving the day. <laughs> he does. <laughs> uh. I just really liked him. I really, I mean... Who knew I was going to care about this man who also has his his girlfriend is just this very, like, regimented lady, uh, military woman she's, who will only see like him on Tuesdays. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. And when he meets her family, like, yes. her aunt and uncle, and they're, like, interviewing him to, like... For marriage yes. proposal or whatever because she mentioned him once yes. <laughs> I just their relationship it's one of those things where again it starts off and I'm like what is this relationship she only yeah. will see him on one day a week and he clearly wants more but she doesn't really seem interested and she's putting up these yeah. like boundaries between them but then they're investigating the the murder mystery together they're, they're investigating Garung together and it's just, it's really cute. They were really cute. It's cute, <laughs> but also I feel like at the end of the book, there's no like clear answer as to like if they're together there or like a- how she feels. <laughs> like, like we really never know like anything from her point of view, right? Or how she feels at all. So it just adds to yeah. like her stoicness and coldness and yeah. just mystery I don't know, but I, I still loved it i mean i think it's also like during the fight scenes i mean because hamilcar like goes down because of like the implants or whatever karma's attacking uh-huh. him karma's also attacking his girlfriend and but like she's putting up a fight i just i don't know i thought they yes. were very cute i oh my god i loved it i mean i don't think marriage is coming up anytime soon for them but <laughs> no <laughs> oh but my gosh cute. yeah i agree i just liked how her she was like i'm like so serious and she was like the answer to all this is dropping basically an atomic bomb yeah when- i was like <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, when they were trying to figure out what to do about, like, Melek and how they were accruing yes. all of these points, and they're like, I mean, I guess mm-hmm. we just have to drop a bomb on them. That's the only way to get rid of this gin. <laughs> that will kill us and this entire town. You know it's what? It. It's gotta be done. <laughs> yeah. That's when, like, karma, you can see how karma is good, because, like, first you're scared for a second, because it's, like, calculating the, you know risk versus mm-hmm. gain or whatever and yeah luckily it was too risky um, yeah but i loved when hamilcar too um when he went to the garden yeah that's when i was like okay you're good this is i love the conversation that he had with Bongaron. yeah um, i thought it was really sweet oh that's there's yeah. one line that Hamilcar says about his girlfriend, which is he couldn't quite imagine life without her glowering in close proximity. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh, I definitely thought of you. <laughs> that was really there, cute. There are a couple quotes that I was like, yes, Hannah would probably like this, but I wasn't sure. But this one that I did mark down, I am sure. Okay. Are you going to tell me now, or are you still saving it for... I can tell you now. Okay. Okay. It's when um, Bagarong, like, really wants to attack the tower. And okay. he's like, attack? Why, Lord, we are welcome guests there. 
what? The tower of your mortal enemy, the tower of which you stare at for hours at a time while eating pistas and touching your knife in a suggestive way? That tower? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yes, I did love that. I don't think I wrote that one down, though. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I was like, this is... I mean, it's a great line. <laughs> I, I do. I, I loved, I loved that. That's like, um, uh, towards the end during like the final boss fight, they've got, there's like this other gin that they come across this like kid. Reggie? Yeah. Is what I called her. Yeah. Yeah. And she, she's like, good luck, Uncle Garung. You're a little bit scary, but I love you all the same. <laughs> Yes. yes. I just love all oh of these jinn who are so powerful, can grant these wishes, and they are scared by this old man. Yes. Oh my gosh. I like I really love the jinn because they really are background characters. Like they yes. don't really want to get involved in any human matter. Yeah. And there's even a point during the final fight where I was like, why aren't the Jin doing anything? They literally could just end this in a second. And yeah. then like, sure enough, Reggie was like, like she pokes <laughs> Malik and was like, Hey, why don't you do something about this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes. Why are you guys just standing here? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, ugh. And it's just so funny because, again, you start off the story with Melek is just dead set on, I'm going to conquer Kathmandu, I'm going to take over this city, I need to get back to my former glory, and, and then it just goes, it, it it just, like, all the fun is sucked out of it when he realizes how much scarier Gurong is. Yes. <laughs> and he's he's like, like, just give him whatever he wants. Yes. That's, um... One thing that I had written down from the very, very beginning was when they meet, um, when when Melek comes across uh, Garung and Melek says, I, I had sworn to dismember the first one I found, but no, mm-hmm. behold my awesome mercy. I will stay my hand, but sooner or later, the urge to, de- to decapitate someone will become unbearable. Be warned. And then, <laughs> and then this is where, because this is like, in the first chapter, I should have realized yeah. how scary Gurung was, but I thought he, again, at first I thought he was just trying to placate the, the djinn, yeah. and, and Gurung says, I know just where to find many people needing decapitation, but first, a nap. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I was He's, like, between, yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. He's see, decapitated people. Right? But you see... Garung got me because that that but first a nap made me think ah oh, you see he's just placating the jinn he's just telling the jinn what the jinn wants yeah. to hear but no Garung yeah. truly did want Melek to go and decapitate a lot of people for him he's like no mm-hmm. I have I have revenge I need done please please yeah. go do it <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh I love it yeah gosh. I mean you know Karma was pretty sassy for being a computer. Yes, that was interesting. <laughs> I was like, it's starting to sound like you have feelings, which uh, if you can evolve as a computer, I think is kind of scary, too. Mm. I mean, that's why the end, Karma was just so exasperated with everything that was happening and and with mm-hmm. the boons, even, like, having lost to Garung and the crew and mm-hmm. it's just like, just get out of here. I don't want you here anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, I would, like, the part that I want to see more of is Garong and 
Malik are going to be going on these adventures now. And I want to know what those adventures are. There is a follow-up book that was released this year, but it oh, really? seems, yeah, but it's like a standalone. It's, it's like the same world, but a different city. And I think different characters. Oh. Um, so I don't okay. know if any of these characters make an appearance in that. And, uh, but I would be, I would be curious to see what would happen. That's still interesting. Yeah. It would be interesting to see what's going on in another city anyway, because it, it kind of sounded like karma, I mean, maybe karma is all over the world, but the world is very much in, like, these pockets of, like, again, you you can't really stray too far outside of these cities because you need to be protected with the population of uh, nanotechnology. So it would be interesting to see what's going on in other cities. Okay, yeah. I mean, absolutely. But yeah, I, I mean, I would definitely read more from this author. I loved this book so much. Yeah, I would too, for sure. This was great. Yeah. And also, I mean, with the ending, like, Melek's boon that he goes for is he wants all of the counters reset to zero. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that for some reason, which is such an interesting concept. Yes. I just, yeah, starting everybody at zero is is interesting. Because, again, I mean, on Karma Day Zero, there were already people who had finessed the system to work in their favor. And, and so it was never a truly fair and balanced system because it was already, already the rich and powerful had found a way to usurp it and use it to their benefit um, right away. So putting everybody at zero is just such a, like what's going to happen to that city. Mm -hmm. And if the information goes out about like what happened, is anyone going to trust karma again right yeah i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know if i have any more to add but i really love this book i know i'm just gonna go into quotations that i have written down because why yeah. not <laughs> yes i you had mentioned melek and his opening scene is kind of gruesome where he's awakening from this slumber yeah. and You know, he's kind of reminiscing how he got there. Like, oh, you know, this is just my, just my tomb. It's fine. And then it's like, wait, no, this is kind of a prison because they did just bonk me on the head and knock me out at my last party I was at. Oops. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And and then one of the quotations that I wrote down where he, he gets up and he's like looking at his, his body and he goes, his biceps, his dear beloved biceps. Good Lord. Yes. They were barely bigger than his forearms. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Cause he's just all emaciated from being asleep for so long. And oh, it's just so good. Yeah. And also something that I thought I think is funny looking back is when they first get to Kathmandu and Garung is telling Melek to behave in town, which I mean, Garung, you're the one who doesn't behave throughout this story. <laughs> like maybe you're not outwardly like causing destruction, but you're right. devious. Like you, you had plans to not behave. Exactly. <laughs> so telling this djinn to behave, I think is kind of funny in hindsight. Yeah. And of course, uh, Malik is just like, I will act as I see fit. <laughs> like, cause he doesn't care. <laughs> right. He is, uh, the king. Yeah. The Lord of Tuesday, the king of Mars. Yeah. Um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> he's, he's just fantastic. Um. Oh my goodness. 
I really loved the book, and I liked Reggie, too. <laughs> Just uh, a chill, young gin trying to grow the best uh, weed, I guess. Yeah. And other drugs, possibly. Yeah. I mean, that's all she wanted at the end was her garden. Like, let me just travel around with my garden. Yes. Which was really cute. To be duchess of her garden. And that's, gosh, Melek was just so annoyed with Reggie the whole time. (laughs) He was just very much like, ugh, Jin don't even need kids. We live for so long. Like, why why does she exist? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, young gin girls, the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. But then they bond because of how scary Garung is. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) I just, yeah, that montage of Melek granting all these wishes, which you know, like, at the beginning, he would have loved to grant all of these terrible wishes and mm-hmm. and cause all of this destruction because that's what he wanted to do. But because it's Garung who is, like, forcing him to do this and not giving him the option yes. of even attempting any good wishes, where he's just like, that sucked mm-hmm. the fun out of this. This isn't fun anymore. Yeah. I don't like this anymore. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, my gosh. Yeah, it did so much in such a short amount of pages. I mean, yeah, truly. Because again, I mean, every character, I feel, had a full arc. Like I had said before, I mean, Garong, yeah. uh, Garong is going on his revenge mission. And and you get to see the fruition of that. Like, he, he gets to see it through and he gets to have that satisfaction of finally achieving what he had set out to do all of those years ago. Um, And again, Hamilcar, you see him just like doing this job and, and sure again, he's doing it just because he thinks it needs to be done and not for any like kind of gain, but still you see how he like fully becomes the sheriff character by the end. It's like, he now fully embodies this and it's not just, he's not just spouting these ideals and, and thinking them, he's actually acting upon them. Um, yes. Which yes. Is so good. Like he has the courage now. Yeah. That he didn't have at the beginning of the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then just Melek, I, I, maybe not even growth with Melek, but just again, he starts off so power hungry and he's he's yeah. going to conquer and he doesn't care about the puny humans and you know maybe he still doesn't really care but he's going to go off with Garung anyway like he's going to continue to journey mm-hmm. with Garung so there is some kind of relationship formed there and yeah I, I just I loved it all it is kind of like an interesting perspective like for Malik because at like, there is a part of me that expected him to be like, oh, my God, look at all this technology. Like, so mm-hmm. just, like, new to it. And, like, what is this? this is completely different from when I went to sleep, you know? Like, right. they're still building the pyramids or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sleep. And, but he just kind of, like, goes with it. And I think it's, like, his perspective. Like, I've been alive for thousands and thousands of years. Like yeah, the humans are doing this thing now, but we'll see how long that lasts, you know? Right. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also because he had been alive for so long. He had seen advancements before, so, I mean, mm-hmm. these new advancements didn't fully phase him. I mean, he was intrigued by them, for sure, like the the TVs yeah. and whatnot that he was, like, watching to gain information at the beginning. Right. Or, or whatever, but... 
but yeah, he's just like, ah, oh, humans. <laughs> yeah. I have to deal They're with They're gonna you be again. the same no matter what time it is. <laughs> yeah. In history. <laughs> I mean, any final thoughts? I think we've kind of I think we've covered it. Yeah. Um just read this book. It's fun. It's really fun. Yeah, it's like sci-fi, mystery, and action. Yeah. Thriller. Yeah. A little bit of everything. It was fantastic. <laughs> well, yeah. Christina, on to your favorite part of the show. Recommendations. And here's the shocker for the second month in a row. I have real recommendations. Yes! <laughs> I thought you might. I, I feel like I know one of your recommendations. I thought you might. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that one you're, of course, referring to Master of Jen yes. by P. Jalai Clark. Um, a masterpiece. Obviously, before you... Not obvious, but before you read Master of Jin, you must read the three short stories mm. that came out before. I think one can be found on tour.com, T-O-R.com. Okay. And the other two, what? Both are, like... I read both of them in ebook format. I think one of them you can actually get The Haunting of Tramcar 15. I believe that one you can get a hard copy of. Okay. So... They're a little bit all over the place, but they're out there and it really enriches the book itself. It's great. Jin are kind of integrated in this futuristic steampunk Cairo and um, it's really interesting and cool and I totally recommend it. Absolutely. And it's also a mystery, right? Yes, she's um, like the detective from... She's a detective from, like, the Ministry of, like, this isn't what it's called, but it's, like, the Ministry of Magical Things or okay. something. <laughs> and, but she's a detective, so, like, any time a magical being gets murdered mm-hmm. something like that is happening, she's the one who goes out there and investigates it. And she's just a really cool character. I love her. Um, I have a second gin book recommendation. Whoa. Slash... Not totally a recommendation. Anyways, so it's called The Gollum and the Genie. Oh, okay. And I think I told you about it. I was reading it like last winter. I DNF'd it. But it was very like a Gollum. It takes place like during time, the time in early America when there was like a mass migration of like German Jews to mm. New York City. And the golem, that's how the golem gets there. And the G, the genie, who is also referred to as a djinn, um, also, they both end up in the same place. It ended up being really slice of life. Okay. <laughs> Which, like, it's a really large book. It's like 500, 600 pages. Right. And... They're like meeting in the park to go for walks every day. We go through every single day of walks and I don't know. I was just like almost 300 pages in waiting for something to happen. And mm-hmm. it just was very like, it was interesting. Like the whole setting was interesting. The mythology was interesting. It just like, I was waiting for like the big bad or something to come. Okay. I never did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I think you would like it. Uh, we'll give it a try. I think, and there was also like, would they, won't they, with <laughs> the gin and the golem. <laughs> Interesting. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, it's pretty interesting. Like, I I think you would like it. Okay. Yeah. It's your cuppa. I will check it out. (laughs) It does sound interesting. Nice recommendations, Christina. Thank you. How about you, Hannah? I have none. No. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're changing places. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know that I really have a solid book recommendation. Like I said, the karma system did remind me of the second Monk and Robot book, um, uh, A Prayer for the Crown Shy by Becky Chambers, just the whole points system and how zero points doesn't mean that you don't get what you need. You still are given the basic necessities and you are still able to lead a fulfilling life. Um, So I would say if you want kind of that comparison of the two systems, that would be an interesting thing. Um, And then the other thing, just while reading this and thinking of Melek and kind of the dark humor that was happening, it just really reminded me of Nandor from the TV show What We Do in the Shadows. So, I mean, it just felt like Nandor and Melek were like besties. I feel like they have very similar mannerisms and, you know, talk a big game and then maybe Mm -hmm. don't (laughs) follow through (laughs) in all of their (laughs) threats and and grandstanding (laughs) that they are doing. Um, Yes. But, but yeah, so what we do in the shadows, the TV show, I would say. Check that Always out. A recommendation. If, if you, yeah, if you liked Melek mm-hmm. and you liked um, his humor and the dark humor that was going on around him, I think, I think you would like Nandor. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Good Rex. Thank you. <laughs> I worked really hard on that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh boy. Well, Christina, next time. We're not reading a book. No. Because next time is our year-end review. Um, So we'll be coming to you with our favorite books of the year that we want to shout out. Yeah. So I can't wait. Yeah. Look forward to that. It'll be a fun time. Special guest returnee, (laughs) Emma, (laughs) (laughs) coming back for the year-end review. What books has she read? Has she read any books? We'll find out. Gone, but never forgotten. And not really gone. (laughs) Making her yearly return. How long will she stay this time? (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) If we force her to do favorite books again. (laughs) Yes. Favorite books round three. (laughs) Coming soon. No, (laughs) We're going to do this every year until we have no more favorite books. (laughs) oh my gosh oh the failure of the favorite books oh every time every time we'll get it right someday one day as always you can find all our social media information in the show notes thanks for joining in on our discussion and until next time don't forget to treat yourself I thought I said it, so I was getting ready to say.